I just started bawling in 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 the trailer and going, and I to the point where I was like, I don't think I can watch this. Like I think I got to change the channel. And that's what I was like. There it is. I'm different now. (laughs) Now that I have a kid, I am different now. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddie. This week's The Art of Fatherhood podcast is being brought to you by RPACT. RPACT is the one app every parent needs to keep their children safe online. Whether surfing the internet, playing games online, or engaging with social media, RPACT is always there to protect your children even when you can't be. RPACT's mission is to assist parents in teaching children healthy digital habits and responsible, proper device use. RPACT is easy to use, easy to set up, and great for parents who are concerned about their children's excessive use of technology. Whether it's scheduling device-free time for the family, schoolwork, or simply helping kids take a break from the web, RPACT is the perfect solution to encourage a healthy balance between technology and personal interaction. From screen time allowance to specific app blocking, filtering out inappropriate websites, or even getting periodic screenshots from your child's devices, RPACT was built with a simple goal in mind, keeping your kids safe while they're online. RPACT even has a dynamic family locator tool that allows you to find your kids 24 hours a day review their location history, and even see the exact routes and stops they made on any given day. It all adds up to make RPAC the most comprehensive parental control and family locator app on the market. If you're considering buying a new device for your kids this holiday season, sign up for RPAC's 14-day free trial and pair your kid's new device before gifting it to help them create responsible device and screen time habits. For more information and to download the RPACT app, go to their website at rpact.com slash artoffatherhood or find RPACT in your mobile device app store and start your 14-day free trial. What's going on, everybody? Art Eddie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have this guy. He's a fantastic actor, fantastic dad. So I'm so honored to have him on the show, Chris Williams. Thanks for taking the time, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, we're going to be talking about your new movie, What Remains. Congrats on that. Uh, And there is some fatherhood themes in it, too. So, man, not only get to talk about, you know, fatherhood in real life, but also about this role as well. What is, like, the biggest thing that being a dad means to you? You know, just in the sense of, like, what are you most honored about being a father? Um, You know, it's interesting. I I think it's just being there. I mean, that's the biggest thing, you know, and I, I guess... It's not even an honor. It's just the first thing that comes to mind as a priority. I think my mom and dad divorced when I was like a baby. Uh, so I don't have any like memory of them being together. Uh, my mother moved um, me and her to California when I was three and my father lived in Chicago. So I would see him at different periods of, of my life, but like not a ton. Um, and towards the end of his life, we kind of reconnected and had a, a really great relationship towards the end, but it just made me really be an active participant as a father. Um, it's weird in this industry because like there's so much moving around and I take a lot of hits because I'm like, I can't be that absentee dad. I can't be that dad who's like on a screen all the time because I'm flying off here and flying off there. And so, yeah, just being there, you know? Kudos to you, sir. You have such a great line of work, whether it's TV or movies, but then also too, you, you, you have that notion of being like, all right, I don't want to say yes to everything because then you're like denying time with your kids, right? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, and I came to that the first time, it, there's a couple of things that I remember, even before I had kids, I remember uh, 
I think it was like one of those ocean movies and like the entire cast was was on some TV show talking and, and the interviewer asked him about kids and career and a lot of them had kids. I remember like Andy Garcia and a lot of them had kids and they said, you just have to say no. Like you have to say no and and be okay with that. And I hadn't even had kids yet, but I, that stuck in my head. And then um, my oldest, when she was born, um, she was still like a kind of a toddler and I got this job uh, doing Friday Night Lights, playing a very, not good dad, <laughs> but um, it was the first time like uh, it, it shot in uh, Austin. And this is like when we, you know, when Skype was this thing. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, that was the thing. And so I hadn't really used it yet, but like I, I flew off and I was doing a lot of back and forth. Um, and so when I would go, I would take my computer and I would take um, some of my daughter's favorite books because because I would you know read her her bedtime story and so we were able to do that and I remember thinking like man this is technology is kind of cool that you can do that but then I also started to go yeah I don't this is not my jam like I don't want this to be our our normal yeah um and it was a reoccurring so I, it wasn't like oh I spent months it was a lot of like oh a couple weeks here back home a couple weeks here back home but it was a taste of it to go this is not the way. Yeah. I don't want this to be the way. Um, and it's it's tough, man. I gotta I gotta admit, it's challenging. It requires a lot of just kind of going. Okay, I'm gonna trust that I'm doing the right thing, and so therefore that's gonna you know be honored. Yeah, it's it's challenging. It's challenging, but also again, I I, I gotta give you uh, props for the idea of like. I remember talking to Jeff Foxworthy, and he said that you know his dad wasn't there and when he started becoming famous and all this other stuff he would fly from like venue to venue but then he'd come home like the next day on a red eye to take their kids to you know school and all that yeah there's always that thing like nature versus nurture right there's certain things that you have and there's certain things that you're putting in environment for your kids yeah you could have been like well i got my career i can you know support them this way or that way you chose to like i wouldn't say break the cycle but you chose a different path than what you're used to because sometimes it's like well, I grew up and I'm fine. And look, you know, I have some success and all this other stuff, but right, you right. the other way. And I'm, again, it's not breaking the cycle, but it's, it's choosing a path that it's, it's almost like swimming upstream, right? <laughs> yeah. No, totally. It's going against the current. That's best. Yeah. That swimming upstream. That's really, that's a great analogy. It is like going against the current because I think the current of the industry, but also life is that there's not enough. And this idea of you got to, you know, you got to grab it. You got to take it. You got to, you know, you can't say no, you got to, you know, um, and so, especially in, in this industry, there's a lot of people feeling like there's a lot of lack. Um, and so it's tough to say no to opportunities, but it's kind of twofold. It's like, as a father, I need to be around, but also like, I, I don't want to put all that weight on my wife to like, okay, good luck, hold it down. <laughs> you know, like, because that's also ultimately going to affect the kids as well, because that's not really great for her. And then you know, I do believe happy wife, happy life. And, and then also just the day-to-day -day stuff like Rio Foxworthy, like the day-to-day -day stuff, I really dig. When I'm here and when I'm not working, uh, like we have this very like team oriented way of parenting. And so like, like this morning was my morning to take the kids to school. You know, we alternate who does that. And, you know, we got to this rhythm now because uh, I have a 17 year old, but then I have a six and a four year old. And we're at this point where, uh, fortunately, most of the time we still have dinner together. Um, right. Sometimes the 17 year old just crashed out, but because uh, she's a teenager. Yeah. But we still have dinner together. We play albums 
like old school vinyl while, while dinner's, you know, while we're eating. And then the kids are now at an age where everybody can play Uno. And somehow we've gotten to this thing where we play Uno, like, you know, until it's time to start the process of getting ready for bed. My wife and I divide and conquer on who, okay, you read the boy, his book, I'll read the girl, her book and vice versa, you know, and it's just, um, all of that. I do the laundry in the house. I mean, I, I mean, cause it's just like, oh, that's what I do. You know, I do the laundry. My 17 year old does her own laundry because I'm like, you got to learn how to do your own laundry. So she does her own laundry. I do the laundry in the house. Uh, my wife does most of the cooking. So then therefore I do always do the dishes and, and all that. And it's just this 50, 50 routine. You know, I even go to the grocery store. Like we, especially during COVID, we got in this rhythm of like, okay, you got to limit how much to go to the grocery store. So let's go, let's go on a, a, a Monday and let's go on a Friday. And so we got in this rhythm where I was like, I'll go, I'll do the Monday, you do the Friday. And it's just this thing that like, I don't know, sometimes I go, maybe I'm just boring, but I'm like, I just dig it. <laughs> you know, like I dig the routine. I dig being a part and, and uh, I, yeah, I just, even when I was like, sometimes when I was working on uh, the show Black Lightning and we were in Atlanta. And Damn was, good show. Oh, uh, thanks, man. Thank you. It's another father, uh, father issue. Yep father's situation family situation but i would be working like crazy crazy hours and i come in and i still would just want to get right in not like you know like i'd come in and, and maybe uh they were just finishing up dinner and i already had dinner but i would immediately come in and just drop my stuff and just start doing dishes like it's just like and it's not like it's just like no i it just feels natural and, and i and i love it you know you're preaching the choir, sir. Yeah, we're very routine. I'm, I I do the laundry. I'll sometimes do the cooking. Like we just kind of with COVID. And all, obviously, I'm running my own business, so I work from home. But my wife, yeah. since the pandemic, she's like been, you know, she has her own office here as well. But like, yeah, like you, and it's a great way to show your kids that in in a marriage, whatever marriage it is, whatever type it is, it's a 50-50 yeah. split. Sometimes yeah. it could be 60-40 one week just because the other one's having some tough times, right? Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's just that, that, that you know, that give and take of what's going on. You know, my wife's an actress, but she doesn't work on it. It's like, hey, when you get a job, then we flip it, um, you know? And, and I have certain dishes I may cook, you know? Um, right. just, it's like, that's her, like, her love language. So it's like, you do that and, and I will, you know, I, it's just the only way I know. And it just, you know, we in the house, we say it. teamwork makes the dream work. And so it's just, um, and when I'm, you know, away or busy, like I miss it. I miss that, you know, that that's the rare times when I will be away. That's the thing that helps my wife. She's like, I know no matter what you're doing, you'd rather be here. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you got a red carpet. I'm like, man, can we get this done? I just want to go home. <laughs> it's just, so and she's like, it helps to know that you're like, no, I'm like, no, no, no. Know that like 99% of the time I'd rather be at home. No doubt, man. That's fantastic. And also too, like the Uno game, it's such a great way to, whether we play, we play like the card game golf. There was another game yeah. I'm, I'm blanking on, um, Mantis that just recently came out. Like having a card game around the, you know, the table, like the dinner table is like, like if, because, you know, again, older, especially with your probably with your teenager. Yeah. She's got a lot of stuff going on. But like if you're all together at a table, whether it's dinner, whether it's playing a card game, that's when the conversations are flowing and easy. Yeah. And that especially when you connect with your kids, they know that you care. Because I know that's a stereotypical like I have two daughters, one's in high school, one's in uh, middle school. And it's always like, oh, good luck. And I'm like, 
yes, there's going to be like, I have my own personality quirks. I'm probably going to be an idiot to hang around with sometimes because if I get in a mood, right, I'm very OCD. I'm very routine. And if like, I can't clean on a Tuesday, I start like wigging out and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just the idea of having that time where they know that you care. They know that you, you're not just checking up on them. Like, what are you doing? And it's like, yeah. well, so I, I, I love that. Um, oh yeah. And I think, I mean, as an actor, you need to take a look at things from the, from different views and you do such a great job, whether you're playing a good guy, bad guy in between, whatever the case may be. And mm-hmm. there's, you know, one of the cool things about your acting skills is like, you know, it's, it's funny too. Like my daughters and I loved watching black lightning. My okay. wife and I would watch heart of Dixie. So like in, in the household, we're big fans of your work for different genres and different things. But I'm, I, I'm guessing you probably mix work and family in the sense of like, you know, how, things have affected you as a character, but in life, how has your kids kind of changed your view on life or about taught you about something about yourself that maybe you didn't know was there, but once you became a dad, they brought it out in you. I think they, I mean, they, it was interesting. Like, um, I feel like I've softened over the years. Like it's weird. It's funny when I say, it cause it, it's, so there's like there's a duality here. The fact that like my oldest is 17 and, um, I love horror movies and my wife, that's the one thing we don't really, she's like not a really a horror movie fan. And so I don't know, probably when my daughter was like 13, she kept talking about horror movies. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, yeah, you know, it's a, but I idea of like, yeah, but you're not a real horror movie fan. Like, yeah, you probably just want these little t- teenage PG 13 joints, but like I'm a, I go in. And at one point, like she, you know, she turned 13. She's like, Oh, what? And she's like, you know what I want to do for my birthday? I'm like, what? She's like, I want to watch horror movies. I'm like, all right, all right. So I was like, okay, pick, you know, pick one. We watched one that was like a PG-13 thing. And it was, it was, eh. but she was like, yeah. Like she even thought, like, it was that. Eh. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe you're real. I'm like, okay, let's try this. <laughs> <laughs> let's try this. And we watched like the, the Babadook. I'm like, let's watch the Babadook. And we watched that one. And she's like, yeah, I like that one. I'm like, okay, you can roll with me. <laughs> so from that point on, we started this routine um, we kept it. I mean, she's got a week, a job. So sometimes she's working on the weekends, but where Saturday um, we watch a horror movie together in the afternoon. And it's either like, if it's, if it's at the theater, we'll go to the theater. If not, we just climb up in bed, grab a bunch of snacks and we watch a horror movie together. And I remember my wife, we, we, we once it started happening, I was like, I think I gotta, like, we need to, I need to keep this. Like we need to do this because I'm like, you know, I was kind of projecting them I mean, at some point. She's going to be like, that's not cool. Like, I don't want to hang out with my dad on a Saturday afternoon and watch him. So I'm like, so as long as she's down to do this, we need to keep doing this. And she still wants to do it. Like we're, awesome. we're still doing it now. But I remember um, like right when um, she was about to be born and I was going to an audition and I met this casting director and, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm about to have a child. And she's like, Oh my God, it's going to change you. And she's like, um, and your acting is going to get better, like all of it. Like it's just, and, and so I kept thinking that there was this thing that like, was like, I was going to tangibly be able to feel it. Right. And so my daughter was born and I'm like, okay, I don't necessarily feel any different. I don't, you know, and I remember, uh, I was like powering up your black lightning suit, right? (laughs) Right. Like I thought it was going to be this thing, but I was like, I still feel like the same person. And I remember I was working on, uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy and I was in my trailer. I'd been sitting waiting for a while and the, the television was on and it was like an old episode of ER that I had already seen. 
it was like the old George Clooney days. And, and, and I just remember it was on and I had seen it before, but it had to do with kids. That's all I remember. And I just started bawling in, in, in the trailer and going, and I, to the point where I was like, I don't think I can watch this. Like, I think I got to change the channel. And that's what I was like, there it is. I'm different now. (laughs) Now that I have a kid, I am different now. And so it's like certain things just hit and things that I just, I'm like, I'm not engaging in that. I can't do that because I know I'm not going to be able to make it, you know, especially things that have to do with kids that, you know, when you don't have kids, you're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. But now it's like, no, and just kind of the darker things. I'm just like, you know what? I don't need that in my life. Yeah. No doubt, man. Appreciate that. And uh, we're going to finish off uh, the, the interview with the father, Quick Five. But first, I want to talk about what remains. You yeah. play Marshall, a small town pastor who grants forgiveness, especially nowadays. There's not that much. Well, no, I'm sorry. And on a personal basis, town to town, I think there is yeah. the idea of gratitude and sympathy and empathy, right? Unfortunately, yeah. the way things are going, where it's like everything is broadcast, where it's like, one side or the other, you're either with me or you're against me. Yeah. But especially this film hits on a lot of things that people, I think, struggle with today, right? Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, this this role and what it appealed to you. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, um, when I read it, uh, I don't know, it was just one of these things when I looked at Marshall, when I, I read it, and, and the script didn't have any racial anything in it, yeah. it just, these characters. And um, Nathan Scoggins, he's a friend of mine, and uh, he had written it, and, I, and he just, hey, can I read it? He's like, yeah. And so as I read it, like, for some reason in my mind, I thought there's a, there's a you know, an ex-con, uh, Troy, and I just thought, oh, he pro- there's probably going to be a Black guy playing Troy. But I was like, I, Marshall just spoke to me. The character just like, I, I feel like I should play this. And so after a little bit going around, I finally just reached out and he's like, no, 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 you're the only person I ever thought about for Marshall. And I'm like, oh, so cool. <laughs> um, so um, what drew me, I think, is that, you know, from a father standpoint, like I could track Marshall and the decisions he has to make, uh, trying not to give things away. Like I was like, yes, that's, of course, that's the decision you have to make, of course. And the movie ends messy. And I love that. It, it doesn't end in a, a nice bow. It ends where I think it'll, you know, garner some conversation afterwards for people. And that, you know, really struck me. And, and it, it, you know, it, it's about forgiveness, but it's also like the messiness of forgiveness, that there's this forgiveness you can forgive from afar. You know, if you forgive someone, you're like, I'll never see them again. Yeah, I forgive you. Yeah, that's fine. And there's, there's merit to that. But then what does it look like when you have to like really you know, where the rubber meets the road and you got to really like deal with that forgiveness up front and it's messy and it's challenging. Um, and so all those things kind of appeal to me in this world today. Yeah, man, it, it's, a, it's a powerful movie. And I also think too, like, like you said, it teaches about forgiveness, but then there's also things, and, and I mean, you never want to have this issue in, in real life, but like, you know, in, in the movie, your son's like, why'd you make the decision to grant the murderer forgiveness and you know let him out and all this other stuff yeah i could only imagine just being a dad and also being a son from the the idea of like how could you what are you thinking right because you like you say for so spot on forgiveness like oh yeah you're cool yeah don't worry about it i won't see like okay cool but then when you see the person on a day-to-day basis or the possibility that that, i mean all the different it's almost kind of like living in the pandemic where you don't know what's going to happen next 
who's going to be angry, who's going to be happy and all this other stuff. But yeah. how, t- I mean, you know, you mentioned like how father had made you like that one uh, colleague was like, Hey, father's going to make you a better actor. How was seeing fatherhood in your own eyes, Cress's eyes. Right. And then obviously yeah. through Marshall's eyes yeah. and like, how tough is it to kind of like, I wouldn't do this in real life. I wouldn't like go against my, like how, how, how hard was that, man? It's a challenging. I mean, it's a, it's a challenging, uh, you know, dilemma. Like when I looked at it and honestly, when I first looked at it, I was like, okay, this is what the script says, but I hadn't really put together like how to do that yet. And then it wasn't until later on, because I think the only way that it doesn't feel uh, cheesy was trying to find a real life hook. And, and the way hooked into is that, you know, Marshall's wife, who we don't get to see a ton of, but like through how people talk about her um, in the movie, I kind of, you know, okay, this is, and I usually I'll try to think about my own wife. And what, what I got was just that it was almost like she was on Marshall's shoulder, like, uh, uh, like this is what she would want. This is, and, and, and not just like, oh yeah, this is what you want, but almost like tangibly as if he's hearing her and feeling her go, you need to do this. You need to forgive this guy. You need to look out for him. You need to. And so when I thought about that and really sunk my teeth in that, that's what allowed me to go, okay, I think I can do this. And, and also go maybe in, in a certain situation, um, I might do this. Like, cause I, I would proceed. I, I think if my wife would be this way. And if I could remember that, um, I would probably, to a certain degree, do this. I don't know. I don't, I, I, honestly, I don't fully know, but yeah. I just, I can wrap my mind around it enough to make it tangible. Nice. And I, I, I don't need a long explanation for this answer because it's almost, it is a loaded question, but I don't want it yeah. to stir people from like spoil, like you spoiling the movie. Right. But like yeah. you you know, you read this script and you had like the idea of like, Oh, this, this character is great. Marsh and all that. Yeah. What, what do you hope? Like maybe one theme that people, take away from this film because like you said like you want like my favorite movie of all time is empire strikes back it ends up messy a little bit messy because i mean yeah. it's it's different messier than <laughs> love remains because sci-fi and all this other stuff and it's like action blah, blah blah like the good guys might come back for this one it's like real life stuff it's like people can maybe possibly relate to it right someone might have yeah. experienced something similar but what is something that like a, a word um, or a feeling or something like that when they leave the theater and obviously, you know, conversations are you like, that's a great movie. It's a sign of a great movie. When you talk with your family or friends, like, I can't believe this or that. And that was so crazy. But for you, what do you hope viewers will take away from this film? I mean, ultimately, I think, I hope that, that it'll stir up family. You know what I mean? I think, I hope that it will, it will, um, you know, I don't know, people who uh, may have issues with some of their family and haven't, talked in a while that maybe it might spur them to go you know I need to give I need to call I, I need to I need to reach out people who may have had some unresolved issues that with family that they might be going okay I need to I need to put that aside now and move forward I mean you know when we talk about the landscape of, of this the, the world right now and everything is so like black and white and it's and it's and it's it's drawn down lines. We were t- I saw something about Thanksgiving and like people talking about the uncomfortable Thanksgiving conversations, which I was like, thank God we don't have that in our house. But like these things that are like drawing, like splitting up families in a certain degree, you know, like maybe this would make people want to like look at the bigger picture and reach out and try to reconnect and 
and try to put past things aside for the sake of family. That's, that's what I would hope. Love it. Yeah. Great message. Yeah. I mean, talking about Thanksgiving, like, you know, the old, the old adage, like, don't talk about politics. Well, right, 2016, right. now it amplified. It went from like maybe a five or a six. You just ratchet up to 11. And it's like, oh, my no, goodness. Yeah. no, <laughs> don't talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Just, just talk about how good the food is. And, yeah. And- <laughs> or rag on the Cowboys, whether you love them or you hate them. That's what you can yeah. fight about. Um, yeah. And one more question before I finish off with the father of Quick Five. Like I said, um, Jackson Pierce, Black Lightning, um, Mayor and Heart of Dixie obviously pastor and uh, what remains yeah. and so many things in between. And I, I had the a privilege of chatting with you when black lightning came out right before people got to see it. And you were excited for the representation right now, more than ever. Like you see, I, so, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about the little girls who see Ariel. Right. And they're like, she's like me. Right. And, and yeah. for me as a white guy, and it's like, oh yeah, Superman's white, Batman's like, you see all these characters like, yeah, I can relate to that. But now like, and I'm, I'm not trying to, and I, I am doing this, I guess, but I'm not trying to, but Black Lightning, is there like, what role meant the most to you or, or impacted you a lot based on where you're at in your career? Or maybe like you were striving to get that role and you got it, right? I mean, there's yeah. so many, but is you can just name one. I'm not saying like, what's your favorite, but like, what role do you feel like had an impact, not just on you, but just people around you, maybe your fans? Yeah, I mean, I guess, so they're all for they're so many different reasons, I guess, you know, like. And I'm sorry, I kind of swayed you maybe to Black Lightning. Well, no, because, it, I mean, Black Lightning is very important. It's like, you know, but like everything, like when I did Friday Night Lights, it was just this, like, the the set, the the, the things they let me do, even though it was not a good guy. It just, it, it just, I think, unleashed the, the, the artist in me. So that was like really important at that time. You know, um, even something as, as little as Heart of Dixie is light, I should say, as Heart of Dixie was something that for my life I needed at that time. Like, I mean, uh, I was like newly divorced. I had, my, my, my oldest was a little one. I was kind of like a single dad. And here was just like, the show was like 20 minutes away from my house. And it was this environment that allowed it's exactly what I needed at that time, you know, but like the impact. It was like too, like in that role, like you were the most sane one in that movie, in that, in that show. <laughs> and I felt like maybe every other, and again, I'm just spitballing. This is mine just from what you said. Yeah. yeah. Cause my wife and I like, I check it out. She's like, yeah, check this show. I think you'll dig it. And it was funny. It was great. But I just think like probably all the other characters were all the different feelings you must've been having at that time. And you were just trying to like make sense of all those people. Like, you know, she's this and this, or he's like, kind of like the emotion I'm feeling today. Right. I I just kind of get that vibe. (laughs) Well, it was, I mean, it was so zany, man. You know what I mean? And it was, but at the same time, it was also so stabilizing for me, Yeah. you know, and, and I have fond memories of like, you know, my, my youngest being on, you know, cause it it was a a safe place to be right. You know, look at the subject matter. It's not like, Oh, we're blowing up ahead today or we're doing this. (laughs) It's like, it's just wholesome. And so, like, I remember my, my daughter being there and she was a little kid and, like, she's sitting off and, and scenes are happening. And I she had a little iPad and, and uh, Tom and Jerry cartoons, old Tom and Jerry cartoons and headphones. And she it was pretty much her first time on a set. And so in the middle of takes, she's just busting out laughing at these, at these Tom and Jerry. And, I'm having to... <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like... And then to watch her grow up to like where all she wanted to do was go to craft service and all that stuff. But, but, um, but impact wise though, black lightning is a, a, a big deal. You know what I mean? It was, it was a, to play a superhero was a bucket list thing for me. And I was like, 
feeling like I was kind of over the hill that that opportunity wasn't going to happen. And so it, the fact that it happened was huge. Um, I had had some disappointments like years prior um, where I thought it was going to happen that didn't. So then I kind of st you start to put, you know, an old dream away and go, that's not going to happen. And then it did happen. And then just the impact uh, that it had, I mean, that it, cause it, I felt like it was a character that I could just be, um, so proud of like and it was a rare jefferson pierce is such a weird, rare character where a lot of times it, it's superheroes it's like this the superhero is more um honorable or looked looked to um than the alter ego and it, and and it was the other way around like, yep. oh jefferson pierce is actually the most heroic honorable he's he's more heroic and honorable than black lightning black Lightning's just having fun to a certain degree <laughs> but like you know what I mean? But Jefferson Pierce was like this honorable man. Like he, you know, cause you have like Superman, it's like Clark Kent, he's like, he's a reporter. Okay, fine. But like Jefferson Pierce is like, he's, he's a father and he's a you know principal of a principal, school and he's yep. active in his community. All these things that were noble, um, even more than just having superpowers. And so- Such was, a great point because again, like now you see, I mean, after the pandemic and certain things, like there was that one TikTok challenge where people were like, hey, I'm gonna destroy a bathroom. And you're like, with oh all God. the stuff that's going on, right. like teachers and principals and superintendents, you really need to do with right. that. I mean, with any job, there's going to be a bad person at their profession. There's going to be a great person at their profession. But I have such yeah. a respect for teachers and um, and principals and superintendents because it's like there's so much there's so much pressure on kids today and the ad and administration. So like when you said yeah. like yeah, Jefferson Pierce was a noble dude because he was trying to do all of these things legit wise. Right. And then yeah. the stuff that people wouldn't listen for, he's like, all right, Black Lightning's going to try and make a difference that way. Right, right. I mean, when I think about it too, I mean, I'm sure if you, you know, really peeled back just all of comic book lore, there's probably, but I'm like, when I think about the first, I mean, like Bruce Wayne, he's rich. That's his thing. You know, I mean, it's like, but like, you know, Peter Parker's a kid. Okay. But like, uh, but like, he's this guy that you're like, oh, I can get behind him. And then on top of that, he has superpowers. Like, okay, great. So, and, and the representation, you know, was huge, but also just that, I mean, I've had, I, I remember when we were living in Atlanta, I had like a, a uh, I was in the basement and my, my wife's like, hey, there's some kids at the door who, you know, they know you live here and they're huge fans and, and Black Lightning. And so already in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm, there's gonna be these two little black kids. I go to the door and it's two little white boys. And they were like, so like, hi, oh my God. <laughs> you know, it was so, it just blew yeah. my mind and like even threw off my, you know, uh, the idea of like misconceptions and judging and, you know, um, it just, I, I feel like the ripple effect of it will uh, continue. Yeah. And yeah. with the different multiverses and all this other stuff, I'd love to see him come back. And who knows, uh, right? <laughs> so thanks very much for that. We're going to finish off with the father quick five. You've been so generous with your time. No uh, and it can be a scary movie. It can just be an all around good family movie, but favorite yeah. family movie right now. Do you guys have one? Favorite family movie. Oh my God. Okay. Let me think about this. Um, I mean, it's just because I, I probably the most recent thing, but like just any, the Lord of the Rings in general, I nice. think yeah cool and yeah. you mentioned this earlier so i knew like when you mentioned like listen to music while you're playing cards i'm like sweet he'll ace this favorite yeah. band or you know artist or musician you couldn't wait to introduce your kids to um so it was uh well it's funny my my son his middle name is coltrane and so <laughs> yes. 
we play, we're starting to play some John Coltrane for him. So then he like, yeah, hey, you're named after a really cool dude. Like, you know, um, so um, I've been trying to introduce my kids to some older hip hop. I just got this album. Uh, I was really excited on vinyl. Um, it's a, a little known group called the Jungle Brothers. And they had a- Oh, album. so good. So yeah. good. Yep. And it was like, is it, uh, the Down by the Forces of Nature? And it's like one of the few albums that's just fun. And you're like, this, I can play this for my kids. Like it, I can play, they won't, they won't know. My, my oldest, we used to, I used to play it in the car and she always requested it. And so now my newer ones, they're getting the, to, to listen to it. And you realize like some of the things they won't understand, which is okay. And then all the other overt things are safe for them to hear. So this is great. Yeah. Great choice right there. Um, Shroud, the perfect family vacation, where would it be? Um, I, well, I know for my kids it would be. We uh, we haven't done it in a while, especially with COVID, but we, we would go to Disneyland. And um, so, and the way we would do it is very expensive. Um, but uh, we basically get a hotel there, like get at the get a, a room at the Disneyland hotel. So we'd get there uh, early, check in, and then go to, to Disneyland, spend the whole day in the park and to all the way till closing, and then go back to the hotel, crash out, get up the next day, spend all day at California Adventures. And then usually, you know, you're, you can, California Adventures is not an all day thing. So you completely cover California Adventures and then still get to go to the Disneyland and go, let's go redo some things we haven't done. And it was like a, just a Disneyland extravaganza, eating horrible food. And by the time we're done and we're coming home, it's just, you're like, it's so nice that it's quiet. Yeah. It's, it's and you can have a salad. <laughs> Yes, right? Go no, totally. I mean, this, oh my God, put on so many pounds. Such, such a great dad answer, though. You have everything planned out. I love it. Okay. Besides Jefferson Pierce, Black Lightning, yeah. fan, it doesn't have to be DC. Favorite, like, other, other than Black Lightning, like, cool Superbook hero, character. It doesn't have to be a hero. It could be a villain. Like, do you have one? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so funny. Maybe it's because, you, I mean, you mentioned Empire Strikes Back, but, like, just in general, and it's not even like one, but like, I love Jedis. Like, I mean, like I, I was just recently watching um, uh, the little, it's a short little, they were like short episodes of the uh, Tales of the Jedi. Tales of the Jedi, yeah. Yeah, I just finished that like a couple of days ago. Give me and, more Dooku and, and Qui-Gon. I want to see more of those. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I love the fact that we get some a little bit of backstory. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen every... Uh, you know, I've watched Clone Wars probably three times. I've watched Rebels twice uh, and I, The Mandalorian. Every, I mean, everything. And it's just like I, the whole idea of the Force and Jedi just always excite me. So, so any Jedi. Hey, if they do a Knights of the Public movie, man, I'd love for you to land a spot in that. <laughs> oh, <sweet. laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Um, and lastly, top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be? Oh, Top three, um, talk to you words. Yeah. Or it can be a phrase, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I would say, uh, I would hope they would say consistent, nice, honorable, loving. Great three words right there. And just from what you were talking about, about how you look at fatherhood, I think you nailed all those three words. People, make sure you follow Cress on Twitter, Cress Williams, and check, and Instagram at Cress underscore Williams. And make sure you check out the film, What Remains. It's a great movie. Definitely, like you said, it's a conversation star. And it's something kind of what we need now where sympathy and empathy and care comes into it. But again, thank you so much for your time. It's such an honor chatting with you. And I wish you and your family continued success, sir. Hey, you too. You too. Be safe out there, okay? Thank you. 
I want to take time to thank this week's sponsor, RPAC, for so many reasons. First and foremost, they're looking to help our kids stay safe, whether they're playing games online, social media, or just trying to create healthy digital habits, not just for kids, but for parents as well. We all know that kids will follow our lead, and if RPAC is helping us create safe and healthy digital habits, our kids will follow our lead as well. And RPAC, over the years, has been supporting the art of fatherhood. And please support the people who are supporting me. It would mean a lot. This organization is great. I'm very thankful for their time and efforts in promoting the Art of Fatherhood podcast. It means the world to me. So please, again, help the people that are helping me trying to create a positive message about fatherhood. And while you're online, please rate, subscribe, and review to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Check out the Art of Fatherhood website at artoffatherhood.net. You'll see the podcast. You'll see the Dad's Doing It Right columns, the collector of the week. I talk all things about pop culture, parenting tips, all that good stuff. Or feel free to just leave comments over at my website. I'd greatly appreciate it. But again, thanks to RPACT. Make sure you check them out at rpact.com. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to artoffatherhood.net.